Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The heading reads, Now is the day of salvation. God's ministers must walk uprightly and bear all things. Saints should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Verse 1, We then, as workers together with Christ, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. For behold, as it says in Alma, for behold, this life is the time for men to prepare to meet God. Yea, behold, the day of this life is the day for men to perform their labors. The doctrine of salvation for the dead Great and glorious as it is, does not mean that those who reject the truth or who disobey their gospel covenants in this life shall have a second chance to gain salvation by accepting and living the law in the spirit world. Salvation for the dead is for those who die without a knowledge of the gospel and who would have received it with all their hearts had it been presented to them in this mortal life. To Joseph Smith, the Lord said that those who reject the gospel in this life and receive it in the spirit world shall go not to a celestial, but to a terrestrial kingdom. And that's in the that's by Bruce Amacom. Verse 3, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. So he's giving um, some attributes of missionaries here, kind of similar to what's said in section 4 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Verse 4, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in such patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. In Doctrine and Covenants 4, in verses 2 and 6, it says, O ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. Remember faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, diligence. Knock and ye shall... Knock and ye shall... No. By ver, by the, uh, verse 7, By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left... By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but we are but ye are straightened in your own bowels. As used in Scripture, the word bowels very often refers to the center of pity or kindness. When we feel love or compassion for someone or something, we usually experience pain within. Let thy bowels be full of charity towards all men, means demonstrate a Christ-like love for others. As used here, the word bowels is part of a larger expression. Ye are straightened in your own bowels. It is simply Paul's way of telling the Corinthians that they had not been restricted by any lack of affection on his part, but rather by their own failure to show a proper love and compassion. Similar uses of the word in the New Testament are found in Philippians and Colossians and 1 John. That was out of the Institute Manual. Now you know all, all you wanted to know about bowels, huh? Verse 13, Now for a recompense in the same I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship with righteousness 
or hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? President Benson said, If someone wants to marry you outside the temple, whom will you strive to please, God or a mortal? If you insist on a temple marriage, you will be pleasing the Lord and blessing the other party. Why? Because that person will either become worthy to go to the temple, which would be a blessing, or will leave, which could also be a blessing, because neither of you should want to be unequally yoked. Verse 15, And what conquered hath Christ with Belial, and that's Satan? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my, my people. Wherefore come out from among, among them, and be ye the separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The Corinthians already understood this concept, so Paul did not elaborate. However, this is the third example of a doctrine briefly referenced by Paul, which is nonetheless very important and clearly taught in the Book of Mormon. And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him, and have become his sons and his daughters. Historically, Paul may be the most misinterpreted of all the authors in the scriptures. Yet he taught the same doctrines that we find in the Book of Mormon in Doctrine and Covenants. The fact that he only briefly mentions many important concepts indicates that he had previously expounded on these principles in depth among the Corinthians. Therefore, in his epistles, he makes only brief mention, knowing their level of understanding. This is crucial to understanding Paul. Otherwise, we will be like the unlearned and unstable who rest the scriptures unto their own destruction. So that's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.